of an avalanche, a fossil avalanche. The Siwalik Range in North India has surely been hit by one. Forget dig, you don't even have to scrape. Massive cracked skulls, fractured tusks, giant fossil limbs. I mean, they're just tossed around on the hillside like chewed scraps of a jumbo feast. I was towing paleontologist Rajiv Patnaik along the origami of the Siwaliks. These fold mountains, pleated by the grinding of the Indian subcontinent against Eurasia, basically spike the eastern edge of Masol. That's a farming hamlet, just a 10-kilometer rickety ride from Chandigarh city in North India. I was already told that on this butterscotch-tinted trail, we were likely to find bones of extinct proboscideans, ancestors of the largest animal on earth, Elephants. But still, I was gobsmacked on sighting the fossils. These are all elephant pieces. Now, go down. This is the elephant. This is a bone. It's a very More than 50 million years ago, dinosaurs pirouetted to extinction and other goliaths waltzed to center stage. The arena was Africa and the gong rang for giant descendants of proboscideans or snout-bearing mammals, hairy, milk-producing animals. Bubbling away in the evolutionary saucepan, they grew in size and branched into a dozen strangely named families, like the four-tusked gomphotheridae, the sickled, lower-tusk-bearing dinotheridae, or the flat-headed, stockier mammutidae. The list also includes Elephantidae, a name that may sound familiar because it's the clan modern elephants belong to. These families spawned 160, 160 species of ancestral pachyderms, truly fantastic beasts. Some grew tusks, then shed a few, ate leaves before switching to grass. They flourished in sweaty and chilly environments, crisscrossing almost all continents except Australia and Antarctica. I mean, elephants, they're well-adapted. They're intelligent animals. They have social systems that uh, work very well. And, uh, you know, they can migrate large distances. And they have a diversity of habitats that they live in, the different species and diversity of diets that they can handle. And it can inhabit uh, Arctic tundras to subtropical and tropical rainforests. There is nothing to stop elephants from uh, colonizing the whole world, basically, as they did once you remove humans from the picture. So how did these behemoth Afrotherians wayfare into Europe, Asia and the Americas? How were these ancestors different from modern elephants? And when did they come to India? All that and more in this episode. The person you heard earlier was Faisal Bibi. You'll get to fist bump him in a little bit. You are listening to Desi Stones and Bones, an audio series that feather dusts evolutionary maps and hacks through prehistoric trails. So grab a water bottle, slap on your sun hat, and double knot your hiking shoes.
After the warm and wet Cretaceous period that saw the decimation of dinosaurs, a cool and dry spell tumbled in. Frizzy forests got a shave and prickly stubbles of grass mushroomed across landscapes. It was the age of mammals. These creatures evolved to walk, run and even scurry up trees. Some even ruddered through water, like the Cyrenians, ancestors of modern-day dugongs and manatees. A few of these torpedo-shaped herbivore Cyrenians did an evolutionary backflip returning closer to land. They shook water off their coats to become pig-like animals with barely extended snouts, proboscideans. One such creature was Moiritherium, from the lake Moiris in Egypt where its fossils have been found. Therium refers to mammals that give birth to young ones. Slightly, you know, stocky, hippo-like animals with no trunk but enlarged teeth. This is Advait Jukar, a scientist with the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C., who studies elephants. So the first elephants, of course, were small. And Rajiv Patnayak, whom you heard at the start of this podcast, agrees. They may have been amphibious. These amphibians then strolled to land and started ballooning, a survival mechanism to intimidate lurking predators. And then over time, these animals start to get a lot bigger. Jumbo or bilkul bulldozer or colossal. They start to get these column-like legs. And once the face and the jaw starts to elongate, the tusks start to get longer. The nostrils start to move back on top of the skull. And that's when we start seeing the evolution of the trunk. For creatures with short necks, the prehensile trunks provided an arm-like dexterity to clutch branches and slurp water. Now, all of this was happening in Africa. That, like India, had chipped off from the Gondwana mother continent in the southern hemisphere. It drifted towards the equator, ferrying a circus of extreme creatures, titans trumpeting a variety of straight, curved, double and even quadrupled tusks. When the African raft got to anchoring distance of Arabia, some of these mega herbivores even doggy paddled to the finish day. Uh, some elephants they may have island hops. Uh, we know that Asian elephants are actually pretty good swimmers and can go fairly long distances. Eventually, around 20 million years ago, Africa docked with Eurasia and waves of outlandish creatures barged into what is today Arabia, via densely forested land bridges. Leading this cavalcade were gomphotheres. Most species in this family had four tusks, two in the upper jaw and two in the lower. These were leaf eaters, or what scientists called browsers, a fat gleaned from their short-crowned conical the first stop for these forerunners was West Asia. The region is a featureless, sun-blazed desert today, but it once throbbed with gurgling rivers and rippling grasslands, a magnet for ancient camels, horses, and of course, ancestral elephants. About 7 million years ago, a matriarch of a version of Gomphotheus marched with her troop of at least 13 individuals through Abu Dhabi's lush riverbanks. A solitary individual walked in a more or less perpendicular direction. This story 
is stamped on flat sandy hills littered on salt flats in the desert of Abu Dhabi, the capital of the United Arab Emirates in West Asia. Amidst cracked earth and sprouting succulents, vast traces of elephant footprints extend up to 270 meters, the length of 20 school buses standing back to back. It was an ancient trackway of a gomphothier species with a tongue twister of a name, Stegotetra belladon. It's a very impressive site because it's very large. This is Faisal Bibi, a scientist at the Museum of Natural History in the German city of Berlin who has studied the site. I was in Berlin. And I popped by Faisal's office to understand the story of the Stegotetra belladon, the four-tusked elephant herd Keith studied. In this collection of individuals, we have a range of sizes. You know, they're between a few hundred kilos for the smallest individual up to around 5,000 or 6,000 for the largest. And several size categories in between, which really fits perfectly with um, the idea of a herd of individuals of many different ages large to small. Our solitary trackway is that of a large individual. Probably a male who, like modern elephant males, wanders alone. This set of footprints ran perpendicular to the rest of the group. But the herd was led by the next largest footprint. that this was the matriarch of the herd. It was proof of a female-led herd, evident in elephants even today. Moreover, the group safaris of these tough-skinned battle tanks signaled a defence mechanism against smaller carnivores. The desire to seek safety in numbers went back at least 7 million years. With the footprints, you have an imprint in time, basically. You have a single snapshot of um, a few minutes in the life of, this, um, of these elephants, a herd and a solitary individual. And you have their behaviour, you have their... You have an immediacy to these ancient organisms, basically. This was a time the earth was seeing its forest wither as the climate turned drier. Continents collided to punch out mountains and a yearly cycle of cold, hot and wet emerged in the form of seasons. It was against this background vast migrations from Africa poured into West Asia and then India via junctions like the Shivaliks. Um, India has a large and fascinating record in the evolution of mammals from the uh, Shivaliks. These fossils are basically are, are fascinating because they provide a very large and fairly complete view of um, life between about 20 and 5 million years ago. And it's full of wonderful and strange creatures. There's an account by an Indian historian. That's Advait again. Talking about the army of one of the kings going through the Pinjor Valley. Part of the Shivalik Hills in North India. And them trying to excavate a mound. They found these bones, which they call the bones of giants. My guess is that they had found one of these fossil deposits in the Pinjor Valley. And they thought the elephant bones were, were the bones of giants. Among the first giants to trudge through drying tropical rainforests and arrive in India were the nearly 10 feet tall gomphotheres that had crossed over from Abu Dhabi. Their shovel-like tusks in the lower jaw were paired with ivory javelins popping out from the upper jaw. Uh, there were a variety of elephants here. So During my visit to Chandigarh, Hello, finally I 
Rajiv led me into a small museum down the corridor from his office at Punjab and then, University. This is the elephant I was talking about. The, the elephant we have made. I ogled at large, petrified jaws, some with rippled and others with cusped teeth. All this was tooting proof of ancestral elephants. From these four tusked gomphotheres developed a 13 feet tall hulk that would have tipped the weighing scale at 13,000 kilos. These were called stegodons. Uh, they had a pretty massive jaw. These are stegodons. Stegodon arrived on the scene uh, around uh, 7 million years ago, but they, they, they go on and we find them in the uh, fossil record till uh, some 20,000 years. The Stegodontidae family had evolved endemically in India. Some of them had 10 feet long tusks, literally as long as their bodies. But it was another tusker that also got tweaked in the subcontinent that grabbed the gold medal in this competition of canines. Uh, it's a, it's a two-tusked uh, gomphothere called Anancus, and those tusks also get to be like 10, 11 feet in length. Some even as long as 13 feet. Besides gomphotheres, another family called Mamutidae also landed in India. The Gargantuan, 14 feet tall Zygolophodon, an ancestor of the American Mastodon, was one of them. But its record height and weight was smashed by the Paleoloxodontidae dynasty. Some of its members weighed an earth-shattering 22,000 kilos of meat and bones, standing at a neck craning 17 feet. It was triple the size of other elephant ancestors found in India at that time. This is three guna bada. The Paleoloxodont has measurement of its और ये पता लगा है कि वो शायद दुनिया का सबसे बड़ा टेरेस्ट्रियल मैमल था। The biggest terrestrial mammal in the world, based on fossil bone measurements. How could these eccentric creatures hold up these enormous ivory hatchets? Right. Uh, it probably just had very, very large neck and shoulder muscles to, to hold the tusks up. But a second adaptation that elephants have is that their skulls are actually honeycombed which means that there are lots of air spaces in them. It makes the skull a lot lighter and easier for the elephant to hold up. After 45 million years of changes, an aquatic mammal rebounded to land and ballooned from a pig-like snouted creature to trunk and tusk-bearing giants. Finally, around 5.5 million years ago, the family Elephantidae raised its trunk. The tribe included mammoths, and the living Asian and African elephants. So, ये सब grassland के को like करने वाले सब होते हैं. And grass is not a very easy food to eat. It's actually fairly rough. So, all of them developed tall teeth to last a lifetime of grinding rough on enamel grasses. The Gomphotheridae and the Mamutidae had cusped enamel that look like teeth that you would recognize as teeth. But the elephant today bore one large tooth on each side of its jaws, four teeth in total, that looked like rippled imprints of a slipper. One of the things that accompanies the evolution of large size is the evolution of longer lifespans. And if you are going to live longer, you're going to have to eat for that amount of time. 
So if you have long teeth and tall teeth, it takes a long time for the tooth to wear down. Like others before them, the Elephantidae too ventured beyond Asia into northern Europe and then crossed over via a now submerged corridor into North America. These became mammoths. The hairy beasts were hunted into extinction by humans around 4,000 years ago. Today, we just have three species amongst us. In Africa, we have two under the Loxodonta genus, the bush elephant and the smaller forest elephant. Ancestors of these elephants remained on home ground and didn't leave Africa. Close relatives of the modern Asian elephants, or Elephas maximus, became extinct in Africa, but went on to thrive in the neighboring continent. They evolved into their current form 250,000 years ago, just before the evolution of Homo sapiens, or modern humans. Um, so elephants were just very successful. Today we think of them as, uh, you know, one or two species in Africa, and, and then and then the one Asian elephant, and. Uh, they're restricted and they're endangered or, or they're just domesticated and not so much in the wild and things like this. But um, if we look in the fossil record, they were, they were widespread. They inhabited almost all the continents. They were very diverse. They, um, they went from Arctic to tropical environments. Um, and you would find something un- inconceivable today. You, in a single community, in a single ecosystem, you would have two, three, four, maybe five species of elephants. Okay, um, So there was nothing peculiar about them being in one part of the world or another part of the world um, and in great diversity. That's the general message, if you like, from um, the fossil record, is that the diversity we have today is nothing. You know, We're fighting to conserve it. Um, and we're fighting to keep it, uh, but in, even in light of what's past, it's, it's, it's nothing, so it's very small. Thank you for listening. Do share the story if you think it was worth your time. This audio story has been earnestly pieced together through journeys within and outside India, and loads of reading and research. It's a labor of love intended to let you eavesdrop on conversations with scientists and discoverers who remind us of the magic we are truly a part of.